there's something new that's also now happening. It's a, it's kind of a mysterious. Uh, they say it's similar to a disease called Kawasaki. And no, I'm not talking about the motorcycles. Sorry, I had to say that again. Bad joke. But it's um, it's like this mysterious um, disease is similar to Kawasaki, but they're not really quite sure. They don't know if it has any relationship with coronavirus. But here, here's a doctor who can explain it much better than I can. So uh, Dr. Ann Rowley is with us. And uh, she is a pediatric infectious diseases at Lurie Children's at Northwestern Memorial Hospital. Hi, Dr. Rowley. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, thank you so much for being with us. This is such a scary story. And it's been very prevalent in the news lately. Yes, it certainly has. I think that um, whenever you hear stories about seriously ill children, um, especially during a time like this of a pandemic, it does raise a lot of concerns. Fortunately, it appears that we're talking about a fairly small number of children. Okay. Um, we don't we don't want it to happen to anybody, but it this is not. Uh, happening to a really large number of children, fortunately. Well, we did hear about the, I think, I don't know if these are the most recent numbers, but there were uh, reportedly three deaths in um, New York State. How many children have been affected here in the state of Illinois? I don't know if you know that number or not. I don't know in the state of Illinois. I do know that in the Chicago area, we've had very few, if any, such cases. And I think it's important to recognize that the concern that was originally raised uh, in countries like the UK and uh, Italy and Spain um, was that there were children who were coming to the hospital with prolonged high fever really severe abdominal pains, and very low blood pressures. Okay. And, and these children have some evidence of having had a recent infection uh, with the SARS-CoV-2 virus that, that causes uh, COVID-19. Okay, Dr. Ann uh, Raleigh are describing some of the symptoms, and she's going to come back and talk with us more about this rare inflammatory condition that's showing up in some kids, but she tells us it's, it's not been that prevalent, but she'll give us more information coming up. With us is Dr. Ann Rowley. She's with Pediatric Infectious Diseases at Lurie Children's at Northwestern Memorial Hospital. And she's talking about a rare inflammatory condition that's being discovered in children. But you say, Dr. Rowley, that this, isn't, uh, this isn't, hasn't been too prevalent right now. Fortunately, in the Chicago area, we've had very, very few uh, cases. And we are not having the experience that New York City is reporting But it is interesting that in New York, uh, they decided to have doctors report to the health department any sort of uh, inflammatory condition of childhood. Um, And some of the cases may not actually have all the same thing. So Kawasaki disease, for example, is appears to be a very distinct disease entity from what is being reported in these new cases. Okay. And so if they're being counted amongst the other cases, we might be kind of counting apples and oranges together, so to speak. Oh, got it, doctor. Can you explain what Kawasaki disease is? 
Yes, so this is an illness of very young childhood. Um, Most of the children are under age five with Kawasaki disease, and this is in marked distinction to these cases that are probably COVID-19 related, where older children are virtually always the ones affected. Uh, And in Kawasaki disease, the children have a variety of symptoms, such as fever, red eyes, rash, swollen glands in the neck, uh, red swollen hands and feet. And these kinds of um, features can be seen in actually quite a few other illnesses of childhood. So establishing the diagnosis can be a little bit tricky Mm -hmm. in the beginning. Uh, And and so, for example, in COVID-19, fever, rash, these could be seen as part of that very different entity. But the reason Kawasaki disease is important is because Uh, Particularly if left untreated, the children can develop swelling of the blood vessels that feed the heart muscle, the coronary arteries. And we're really not sure yet whether that could happen with COVID-19 or whether the cases of Kawasaki disease being being reported along with these COVID-19 cases are the ones that are actually getting the coronary dilation. So in COVID-19, it appears that the heart muscle itself is what's mostly becoming inflamed as opposed to the arteries. Mm. And so these children are very seriously ill with inflamed heart muscle and they need intensive care management. Uh, And in Kawasaki disease, you can have a more serious illness, but it doesn't have the same sort of uh, laboratory test profile as these new cases. So they may be, I think we're talking about two separate conditions. But we certainly do need more information. For example, the deaths that have been reported Mm -hmm. from New York, we, we really don't know yet what what they what the problem was that caused those deaths um and so we need more information we're still sort of at the beginning of this uh situation and hopefully over the course of time it will become a little bit more clear uh, what is actually going on. And Dr. Raleigh, for you, you've done a lot of research on Kawasaki disease. This is one of the areas of expertise for you. That's right. So we've known about Kawasaki disease for more than 50 years after Dr. Kawasaki's first description of the illness in in Japan, where um, there's a lot of Kawasaki disease and where they actually have not seen this inflammatory condition, Mm -hmm. even though they've had, um, you know, COVID-19 there for sure. Um, But anyway, so I've been researching Kawasaki disease for 30 years. and. We've recently had a big breakthrough where we have identified what we believe to be a protein piece of a new virus that never has been identified before. Wow. But it's not, it's not COVID-19. <laughs> um, you know, COVID-19, it, it, the virus that causes that disease is uh, entirely new to the mm-hmm. human population. That's why we're having such a terrible time with it. Uh, but we've had Kawasaki disease uh, cases. We have at least one per week at 
Lurie Children's Hospital, where I work. Mm -hmm. So for us, this is a reasonably common problem. Uh, And we've had that, you know, for decades uh, at at our hospital. So we're very sure that this new virus, the SARS-CoV-2, is not the major cause of Kawasaki disease by any stretch of the imagination. Dr. Alley, I was giggling, not because this is any of this is a laughing matter, but I just appreciate how firmly you are making the distinction between Kawasaki disease and COVID-19. And uh, it seems so that some of the symptoms overlap, so it's difficult, difficult to diagnose. That's true. And for the children with Kawasaki disease who present with shock, which is a very, very small percentage of them, but for those that do, when they first come to the hospital, it's difficult to tell whether they have toxic shock or Kawasaki disease shock. So we would generally treat them for both conditions. And over the course of time, as we did various tests, we would be able to sort out what was the most likely diagnosis. Now I think we have to add COVID-19 to that initial list of possible diagnoses and treat the children sort of for all those things until the tests that we do over the course of multiple days uh, sort out for us what is the most likely process. Well, now to throw in another uh, term and complicate matters even further because you are trying to make the distinction between Kawasaki and COVID-19, is COVID toes part of the presenting symptoms that you see? For this for this new, newly described, um, more concerning sort of presentation, uh, no, because interestingly, the COVID toes appear to be occurring in children who really are pretty well, okay. and their parents notice incidentally that they have this kind of purplish discoloration on one or more toes, and those children appear to get better on their own. You know, mm-hmm. they don't appear to get very sick in any way. Um, these new, this new condition is very different. The children are very ill. Uh, they require intensive care management, and it's really quite different. And what age range in children is this affecting this uh, this COVID nineteen? It really is older school-aged children, sort of at the youngest, and predominantly teenagers. And we've cared for a number of children at Lurie Children's who have been quite ill with COVID-19 over, you know, the mm-hmm. time of this pandemic. And they're generally the older children, particularly the teenagers. Okay. And, of course, um, you've been talking about, uh, is this definitively linked with COVID-19? Is this, is this for sure uh, COVID-19 that you're seeing? Yes, I, that's a very good question. I don't know the answer to it. <laughs> I would say that of all the possibilities, there's probably the most data pointing toward that as the reason for it than anything else that has been that has come up so far. Uh, there's a number of the children that appear to have antibodies in their blood to the to the virus that causes COVID-19, and this is what is making uh, the various investigators that are seeing these patients uh, think that this is COVID-19 related. And is this a normal thing to happen in the sense that, you know, it's this, there's sort of this new presentation of this rare inflammatory condition that it's happening so many months after we initially heard about COVID-19 and, and we mostly had heard that children were kind of resilient to it? Right. 
Right. Well, we do. I think we still have to keep in mind that this is still occurring in a very small number of children. Got it. So uh, I think that it's possible that the numbers are going up fast because now they're trying to uh, include patients who have sort of other kinds of inflammatory um, manifestations and not the children who are so desperately ill with, you know, in, in the intensive care unit um, with very low blood pressure. So I'm not sure yet. Again, these are things that over the course of time, I hope mm-hmm. we can figure out um, whether all of these cases being reported actually have the same thing or whether whether they're including now some additional uh, diagnoses sort of under the umbrella of what they're reporting. Uh, so I think I think your question is a good one. Why wasn't it seen earlier in the um, pandemic, particularly you know in the countries where there were so many cases early on? And I don't I don't know the answer to that question. I think um, there's really nothing about this pandemic that we have <laughs> anything to compare oh, to. Oh um, dear, yeah. You know, it's a, it's a it's a very unique situation. Um, having an, an entirely new virus to the whole human population that is very uh, contagious, really, uh, sort of dropping onto the planet Earth. It, 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 this is really an unparalleled experience. So we're all kind of learning as we go, and I don't know that we. Uh, we can really compare it to anything we've been right. through before. Well, Dr. Rowley, we thank you for being on the front lines of this and sharing all of this uh, information. And for parents listening, the bottom line is what sort of symptoms do they need to look for? And at what point do they bring their child to the ER or the hospital? Right. I, so you hear these news reports and for parents, it's all very scary, scary but <laughs> I think that really it comes down to their good parenting that they've been doing all along. If their child has a high fever and is not acting themselves, you know, listless or complaining of severe abdominal pain, uh, they're going to be calling their pediatrician as they should, and the pediatrician should evaluate the child. And if these symptoms uh, seem to the pediatrician to be serious, then the pediatrician will take the appropriate action. So I really think that at this point, they just do what they've been doing all along, which is when they recognize their child seems ill, they seek appropriate medical attention. Well, doctor, we thank you so much for being with us. We want you to stay safe and healthy. Thank you. You too.